no country has ever prospered that failed to put its own interests first. We will no longer surrender this country or its people to the false song of globalism. New Right Network presents, right now, the featured podcast of New Right Network. Mobilizing, countering the left, energizing the right. New Right Network, home of the New Right Movement. Mary Freeman, New Right Network. This is the Right Now podcast. I'm here with Jack Hadfield. Jack Hadfield currently writes for the National File. He's a contributor there. He's been on Breitbart, Political Light, and Drudge. He considers himself a professional mischief maker and loves nothing more than to annoy the elite left. Hi, Jack. Can you tell us a little more about yourself? Hello. Yeah, I'm, that's a that's a quite decent summary of me. Um, yeah, I uh, I'm a recent graduate um, from the University of Warwick in the UK, and I've been well. I started off my uh, journalistic career writing for Breitbart. Uh, the first piece I wrote was um, uh, attacking uh, the use of like mandatory consent classes uh, at my university because uh, not every male is a rapist. Surprisingly, uh, you know, you you wouldn't have thought that. Um, from the uh, uh, from what the uh, classes were saying, um, and then I've I've actually been well. I've had a uh, scandal so far every year that I've uh, well, I was at university. Uh, I was uh, reported in the <laughs> brought it in the university paper for doing something like running for elections or just generally annoying uh, people on the left for not being afraid to speak my mind. And, uh, and so on. Um, but yeah, I'm now writing for the National File, the Rundown, um, a contributor to the Political Insider, and you know, I'm just getting my uh, well newly found freedom after being you know stuck at university. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really enjoying uh, what I'm doing now, and I hope I can be doing a lot more in future. Awesome. So the UK just had their elections, and and. Uh... It blew everybody away, basically. It just shocked everyone. There was, uh, there was a conservative landslide and just mm-hmm. made news all around the world. What, what, uh, being from there, you know, and you being involved in all of that, uh, tell us what it was like. Tell, it what, tell us what it was like to, to win, actually. Well, yeah, I, um, I expected that we would... Uh, win a majority but a small one of 20 to 30 seats so you need 326 seats in the house of commons to get a majority and generally um the 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 majority is always in an even number so so you ha- if you have 327 you've technically got a majority of two because the opposition has a majority of 325 for example um so i was expecting a majority of 2030 so an additional like 15 seats uh, above that uh, level, but the exit poll came out at, at, uh, at 10 p.m. I was at a friend's house after we'd been campaigning for the local Conservative candidate. We're watching the clock countdown, and then it came in. You know, Conservative majority of you know 86 was what they predicted. So wow. we just went completely mental. We were absolutely ecstatic. Um, <laughs> so the exit poll wasn't that far off. So it had a majority of 80. Uh, so it was a gain of 47 seats. Um, I think the percentage is the best percentage since 1983 or 
around that time. Certainly even got a higher share of the vote than Blair did in 1997 with his landslide. And the Labour Party have had their worst election since 1935. Oh, boy. Only 203 <laughs> seats down 5960 or so. So, wow. yeah, they didn't have a fun night. Um, Not at all, did they? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so here's the question. What uh, This is my first question. What does that mean for Brexit? Because we've been watching Brexit just be... Uh, uh, Ray, uh, not railroaded, but you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying. Just Absolutely. Kind of dither and dather and being delayed at every... Delay, 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 delay. What were they hoping for in delaying it in the first place? And in the second place, what does your elections mean for it now? What's going on with it now? Yeah, well, just a bit of background on why there has been a delay. It was the uh, Theresa May, who was the previous prime minister, came in, as some of you may know, after David Cameron... Uh, resigned after uh, Brexit won the 2016 referendum. And because she was only elected by uh, members of parliament, members of the Conservative Party in parliament, and she wasn't even elected by ordinary members of the Conservative Party like myself, she felt like she had to have a mandate to govern. So she called an election in 2017 to get her own mandate, to be able to push her own idea of what Brexit should be through. Uh, but it really didn't work and she ended up losing the even small majority that Cameron had won in 2015 and she then led a minority government led by the helped by the Democratic Unionist Party uh, in Northern Ireland who are a you know, are, are, and actually socially conservative you know they're generally against gay marriage they're pro-life um, so an actual <laughs> but but they only exist in Northern Ireland um, so so she had to lean on their help to be able to get anything through um, and so therefore, it was very easy for rebels in the Conservative Party. Uh, there's on the pro-Brexit side, there was the ERG, the European Research Group, who were against May's deal because they thought it was like you have the rhinos in America. It was a bino, a Brexit in name only, which in fairness, with May's deal, you, you, you actually could argue that. But then there are also MPs on the Conservative Party who, who were still mad about the fact that Brexit was going to happen. So they, along with others, basically kept blocking May's deal from going through. Um, so then when Boris took power uh, in, the, in June, July or so of this year, he was voted for by members of the ordinary Conservative Party. I was glad to be able to vote for him. Um, he, he then brought a Brexit deal back, changed from May's deal, um, most of it the same, because most of it was fine, got rid of the poison pill elements of the backstop, which will yeah, which we can expand on later. Um, but basically, that then um, his he then purged uh, members of the Conservatives MPs who didn't vote for his deal, so they couldn't stand at this election because they weren't backing him. So he's actually kicked out um, the the rebels. Uh, all of the ERG guys actually voted for his deal, so they are allowed to stand. So now he's won an election with all of the Conservative MPs backing his deal. So even if he had a majority of, of two or three or five or something small, then he would still be able to get everything through. But now with a majority of 80, Brexit cannot be stopped. There is no way, um, because all of them stood on the platform of getting his deal through. And by the 31st of January, 2020, we will be out of the European Union. Uh, this and there's is nothing a good that thing. anybody can do to stop it. Awesome. This is a good thing. Mm. Now, what does Brexit mean to your people? Is it, um, 
is it merely freedom or is there other th are there other things that that concern people and cause them to move toward a brexit yeah well if you look at why people voted brexit in 2016 there are really two key reasons um both in terms of you know freedom or what we've was referred to referendum as, as sovereignty and having the power to make our own decisions and not have bureaucrats in europe um tell us what we can and cannot do um for example there are many european laws and regulations which might be good for some people in europe but negatively affected us like there was a dyson who's a british um uh, vacuum cleaner uh, mm -hmm. manufacturer yeah. uh, they have you know really good vacuums and basically the european union uh, some people lobbied to reduce the power wattage that a vacuum cleaner could be able to produce in order to protect french and german vacuum cleaner manufacturers from being usurped by dyson so uh, th that actually was challenged in the european court they so they're trying to kill free. the free market over there well, exactly that so, so so that's the yeah. sort of thing that that they want to do and they would protect businesses um that would not be beneficial to british businesses for example and they would then let people trade things where actually we might want to protect ourselves so it's we now have the ability to do that and but really that was coupled together with a desire to stop mass migration um that was really the key things we've since um that since the late 90s um tony blair pretty much opened the door to anybody who coming in you know we had an influx of around you know like tens or thousands you know tens of thousands sort of the average and then we you know hundreds of thousands to you know to almost a million net migration you know the population has exploded uh, since blair came in um of european and non-european um migrants so it was a reaction against open door mass migration which the eu with its freedom of movement allows any european citizens to come through uh, and live and work in the uk which they then had the right to and we couldn't stop them and obviously that included people who had migrated to Europe, then became citizens and then came over to the UK via that way. Yeah. Um, it was a combination of those two. I would argue that neither of them would have won it without the other. Um, so it's all these desires culminated together. And plus, sort of as, as, as with Trump, um, it was a desire to give the establishment a good kicking because <laughs> the people have been screwed over for too long and decades decades yeah, upon exactly. decades yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was it was a good thing to almost have as as you know, I, there, there were good solid reasons for leaving the eu but it certainly was representative of everything that's wrong um with the uk and honestly the world at the moment and now with your and now with your majority that you won the other night how exciting is that now now you can you guys can finally i'm the average the average british person you know has to feel like okay now we can get this thing back on track back back to uh working for the average citizen and and all of that and calling you, you calling up boris uh you you mentioned trump he seems to be boris seems to be the british version of trump is <laughs> he just seems to be just like him only oh, well, yeah, they both got blonde floppy hair you know they, they're, they're, they're both loved by the ladies and you know they're certainly and neither of them are politically correct either so uh obviously obviously there are some differences but certainly um i, I think it would be a fair assessment to call um boris the british trump awesome hmm. that's awesome i like that now uh i wanted to talk to you about uh some things that have been some uh left-leaning individuals in America liked to say I saw a tweet 
saying um, it was just before the elections, it, and, and it said Boris is about to Boris is about to find out what happens to everything Trump touches. <laughs> and then after the election, I couldn't help myself. I'm like, well, what do you think? Did Did Boris learn his lesson? Yep. So well, what, do you, see, what do you think of all of these things? We've got people in America sitting there going, oh, yeah, British hate us. Everybody hates us. They're laughing at us. They're laughing at Trump. What, what do you say to all of that? What's the answers to all of that? Well, whilst it is true that certainly, you know, a decent chunk of the population, of the British population, is certainly not a fan of President Trump, <laughs> um, his approval ratings within, uh, like, within the British electorate are actually higher, well, certainly before the election, were actually higher than those of Jeremy Corbyn, who was the Labour leader. He actually had a lower approval rating than Trump did in the UK. And he isn't even running in the UK. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. I think Trump had a um, net approval rating of minus 40, minus 50, and Corbyn was minus 60 or lower. Um, oh, wow. So not an in- yeah exactly, <laughs> um, and certainly I, I think while you know while there certainly certainly will be a good chunk of the population who don't really follow American politics, and well to be honest like myself before I really got involved in American politics I just assumed oh you know Republicans racist rednecks whatever because I just you know <laughs> like this was when I was sixteen you know fifteen sixteen or so because you know that's, that's all I yeah. saw on on the BBC and you know, through normal media. But when I actually got onto the internet at around that age and started looking through, you know, what American politicos had to say, I thought, oh, actually, you know, um, you know, these, uh, these, these Republicans might actually have, um, you know, uh, the right idea. <laughs> um, <laughs> Maybe. But yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, there's, there's, there is, there is a good chunk of the population that don't like Trump, but there has also be some that will say, oh, I don't agree with his policies, but you know, he's getting things done or he's, you know, getting things sort of, you know, like with North Korea or is that, or, you know, and, or he's attacking China. Um, so there's, there's definitely sort of a, a high level of almost, you know, begrudging respect. You know, you might say, oh, he's a buffoon, but at least he's doing what he said he would do when he was elected or, or something similar. And there's definitely, again, that, there are definitely the comparisons between Boris, who has who is, who is often been accused of, of similar things. And, I was um, going to say, they yeah. had, they're saying the same things about Boris, though, but he's, exactly. he's getting things done. Yep. And now, now with this majority, boy, howdy, they're going to do, they're going to do a lot. Oh, they how are. does they, how did you how, and and you get to talk to a lot of the average average British people? What you what is the what is the atmosphere like post elections? Um, well, I uh, there there are certainly uh, a lot of people who are very glad that Corbyn didn't get in, uh, both because you know his economic policies would have absolutely ruined the country. Um, but also, you know, he would have, you know, clamped down on, you know, freedom of speech. Certainly people like me, you know, he would have allowed probably open the doors to millions of people from everyone to come to come in here, you know, and use the National Health Service without paying for it. Um, just destroyed the well, he would have he would have wrecked everything pretty much. Um <laughs> he so probably there's yeah. yeah, so so that's why I think um as I said, I think it was yeah the highest uh, percentage that any leader has gotten since the 80s. So a lot of people are going to be very satisfied that Boris um, won. Uh, but certainly on uh, on Twitter and on social media, 
uh, a lot of people were very upset. I actually just wrote uh, an article. Well, I'd say it's an article for National File where I collected um, some of the funniest uh, tweets and responses of of uh, lefties and Remainers who are just so upset and mad that Boris won and that Brexit is going to happen. That was that was that was fun to do. That. I mean, I mean, there are loads more that I couldn't include <laughs> just because. Yeah, of the amount of salt that is there online. I don't know if if, uh, if any of you are fans of South Park. It's like that episode with Scott Tenman who is going, "Oh, the tears, the tears of unfathomable sadness," and he's licking them up. And it's like, that's me. I'm fueled by you know this salty, liberal delicious tears. liberal yeah. tears. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. What's what's uh, how's Britain looking going forward? Well, Honestly. we definitely have a bright future ahead of us. I mean, um, Boris really is now, now he's won the Labour heartlands, yeah, in the north, in the Midlands, sort of the equivalent of the, of the Rust Belt, I would guess. So deprived areas of the country that manufacturing moved out of in the 1980s or so, um, you know, it always voted um, Labour. And it was known as the Red Wall, sort of like, sort of like you had the Blue Wall in the, in the 2016 election. And it's like Trump, you know, Boris has smashed Just that. Smashed right know, to it. <laughs> yeah, there are constituencies yeah. that have never voted Conservative in their entire history. Some even voting, you know, I think that like uh, Mansfield, which actually won at the 2017 election. Um, what do you think is causing that? Well, it's, it's, it's because it's a, there, there is a realignment, there's a shift in British politics. Um, the working classes and the uh, you know the white collar uh, sorry the blue collar workers who voted to leave the European Union who are economically more centrist or centre left but socially conservative um, they can no longer bring themselves to vote for the Labour Party who they see as wanting to keep them in Europe um, and they and their main audience you know, they're now focused on London focused on the middle class the university educated um, you know, yeah, so, so those, you know, uh, hard left, but, you know, middle class people who have lived off their parents' money have never had to work a day in their life, um, sort of, you know, Guardian reading, well, I guess of, of, of New York Times reading sort of liberal elites, basically. Um, so they've switched around. And so um, Boris is actually going to focus now, certainly, I think, on building what some people call a post-liberal consensus in that... You know, the, the Conservative Party was always more economically right wing, as with the Thatcher revolution, uh, which is really neoliberalism. But now they, they, they always ignored the North and the Midlands. I think that the previous uh, Conservative Chancellor under David Cameron basically said, oh, well, you know, they're not going to vote for us. So why would you bother spending any money there? Um, but now, you know, they, 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 they have these guys in their pockets. I need to keep them um, for the next election. They're actually going to be putting serious spending into into not things like you know welfare the stuff that would just that money would just be thrown away but into right. serious infrastructure projects uh into into you know subsidizing businesses get them growing you know really uh getting the regions rejuvenated and get them energetic so it's not just london and the southeast are you the gonna get powerhouse of the country are you gonna get your freedom of speech back i know there's people been jailed Absolutely. for for doing for saying things that are just common sense, even, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. go into that for a second. Well, I actually had the opportunity to ask Boris about this um, during the leadership hustings. Uh, he came to the, it was the Young Conservatives Conference, and he was able to speak to us. And I, I managed to get a question in 
uh, and I asked him about uh, hate speech laws and basically the frivolous, um, you know, uh, nature of a lot of these things. If it's just, you know, mean words being said over Twitter, for example. Um, and he said, well, yeah, of course, everybody's, you know, against racism and, and hate speech and whatever, which of, which of course he had to say. But he said, but yes, I definitely think that, you know, people are, you know, the police are having their time wasted. Uh, and he definitely seemed, you know, he definitely didn't seem to be in favour of um, of prosecuting that. Well, because uh, as I said to him, he's used flavorful language in the past. You know, he was called up, for example, uh, referring to uh, women who wear the full face veil, uh, the full face Islamic veil, as looking like letterboxes. Well, they do look uh, like letterboxes. <laughs> exactly. So, so, so he was a journalist. He was the editor of the Spectator magazine. And there are so many, you know, instances where, you know, he would be prosecuted for hate crime, probably, if he wrote them on Twitter today in 2019. Um, so he, his instincts are definitely, um, you know, not in favour of um, policing hate speech. And certainly yeah. uh, Priti Patel, who's the Home Secretary now, um, I, I, well, I assume she'll still stay, she'll, she'll still stay uh, as Home Secretary in the new government. You know, she's all in favour of actually you know, bringing back stop and search, you know, genuinely caring about actual crime. Uh, yeah. In, in, like in, knife, in the country. So, knife yeah. attacks. Exactly, exactly. And that. So what, is, so, uh, what does that mean? You're, you're talking about people who, who are probably going to stay and probably going to go. How about London's mayor? Oh, yes. Well, um, the London mayoral elections, they're obviously done, they're done separately. So they're, it's sort of like, well, I, I guess as, as you elect the, um, mayor of New York. I, I assume that's is that a directly elected position? Uh, for example, yeah, you know, they, the, York, the, yeah, the people elect him. Yes, mm -hmm. yeah, yes. Yeah, so it's the exact same thing. So he was last. Well, actually, there's going to be a new election. I think sometime next year, uh, and then so the Conservative candidate uh, is a uh, he's I think he's called Sean Bailey. Uh, he's, um, he, I think he's relatively uh, tough on, on crime and that sort of stuff as well. Um, but there'll be actually there'll be an independent conservative challenger, uh, Rory Stewart. Uh, he was one who backed um, the Theresa May's previous deal on Europe, and he was one that was thrown out of the party for not backing Boris's deal. So he's oh. running as this kind of, um, you know, middle ground sort of, you know, well, I guess you would almost call it uh, conservative ink. I guess it's that oh, yeah. same style. The, of things um the, the actually, establishment yeah. <laughs> we yeah, call exactly, it the establishment exactly. yeah, or the yeah, swamp yeah, if the you want to we call yeah. it the swamp mm. so do you think that the 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 elections this year on a national scale do you think that the the energy from those the momentum from that will flow over into other elections such as the mayoral elections and and all of that because people are people are seeing crazy things happening in jolly old London town. Okay. Yeah. Well, probably not. I don't have much hope for the London mayor elections because London is basically a lost cause at this point. Oh, um, no. It's sort of, you know, it's like the California of, of the, of, of the UK in which, you know, it's solidly labor. I mean, the conservatives do have some seats, but um, it's given that it's, it's not a first past the post voting system. It's done on preferential voting. So you'll rank your, favoured candidates so it's very likely that Labour or somebody left-wing will get it again I mean obviously Boris was previously the mayor of London but that really was a different time and I don't think mm -hmm. certainly with the demographic changes that London um, you know that the Conservatives really have a an actual hope of getting the uh, London 
uh, mayor seats. Uh, I said, I think next year or the year after, it's coming up soon enough anyway. Um, but yeah, uh, London is, you know, is really now one of Labour's strongholds. Um, but yeah, we can only hope that obviously the next election, next general election would be in five years time from now on. So in terms of momentum building, certainly uh, Boris really has to make sure that people haven't just lent their votes to the Conservatives for Brexit, um, which I think a YouGov poll said that 75% of Labour voters or more, sorry, 75% of Conservative voters or more said they still would vote for that party um, even without Brexit. So it's, so it's relatively likely that that they will be staying there. But in order to make them stay, yes, you know, Boris will have to, you know, actually deliver uh, on his promises mm -hmm. and really, uh, for example, if, if the high streets of the North and Midlands look and feel the same as they do now in five years' time, um, he probably won't have that much of a hope of keeping them. But if they are revitalised, rejuvenated, and they get their mojo back and people feel better, certainly if Brexit is made a success, then yeah, the, then, then the momentum from this election will be carried forward to the next one, and maybe okay. even the next one. I mean, in fact, I think with this election, sorry, so with the, ne with the next election, if Boris wins, that would be the longest running um, run, run of, or like of a party controlling it. So imagine if you had Republican president after Republican president after Republican president. Oh, that would president be glorious. Republican president. Exactly. So <laughs> it would be, if he wins 2024, that would then last to at least 2029. And then it was 2010 when the Conservatives came in. So it's 19, almost 20 years. Um, oh. it, it would then be of the Conservatives running the country. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll have to wait and see if Boris can fulfil his promises. Um, I was going to say personally, what do you think? Do you think he can, or do you think he will? Because well, here's absolutely. what I'm looking at. I'm looking at him in terms of the British Trump, and mm -hmm. we've got people in our government who are doing everything they can to just throw stumbling block after stumbling block after stumbling block in front of this president. Uh, mm. Are you witnessing that over there? Is he going to be able to do it? Is, can do you think he can pull it off? Oh, absolutely. Um, because the American system, you know, you have the checks and balances. For example, you know, obviously the presidents, you know, they have the, uh, you know, the Secretary of State, you know, the Secretary of, of the Economy, and you know, all these things. But they're 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 not really that powerful, you know, jobs in terms of the United States cabinet. You know, the president basically directs it. But then he doesn't have that much control over Congress and what Congress can do. Obviously, in the UK system, in the parliamentary system, um, those cabinet positions are drawn from the House of Commons. And as then as leader of the party, um, you know, Boris has a great control um, over what the cabinet can do and what these can do. And well, yeah, certainly with with this strong majority, he can really hold a whip hand over the uh, over anyone who might who might rebel because then he's got 360 or so other MPs who would be ready and willing to fill their position you know, uh, if they uh, didn't behave. And in terms of sort of the civil service, which is uh, you know, really where the deep state orchestrates, and uh, certainly in terms of the treasury, uh, which is you know the economic hub in the country and and directs where um, money would go. I guess it's the equivalent of the like, chairman of ways and means. Um, of that sort of commission, you know, who holds the power of the purse um, in here. Uh, Dominic Cummings, who is who is basically the orchestrator of the Vote Leave campaign, so who, who got Brexit sorted. Um, he's been brought on as a political advisor 
um, to Boris. He's not this a fan good. of politicians or the establishment. And I've heard that he plans to, for example, uh, radically reform the Treasury because they're often very focused on short-term projects. Like, what can we do that's instant short-term money-back gain and then not put you know, the, the, the spending into the long-term stuff that they won't see an instant return on, um, but that actually needs to get done. Certainly, that's what it looks like. Um, there'll be a big reform of the civil service, um, yeah, which will be, you know, clearing out the swamp, clearing out the deep state, um, yeah. which I think Boris will be able to do. Awesome. How do people stay in touch with you, Jack Hadfield? Yeah, well, you can uh, follow me on Twitter at Jack Hadders. Uh, you can like my page on Facebook, it's facebook.com forward slash Jack Hadfield 1996. And I think on Gab at JH as well. Follow me at Freeman Mary, or I'm sorry, at Freeman underscore Mary one. Follow New Right Network at New Right Network. This has been Mary Freeman with Jack Hadfield on the Right Now podcast, the fresh voice of new media, New Right Network. Join us again. You've been listening to New Right Network, mobilizing, countering, energizing. Online at newrightnetwork.com.